0: everybody this is so many sequels i'm josh i'm andrew
1: i'm garrett and i am david
0: welcome to the show we are smack dab in the middle of rom-com month here um we're each picking a different rom-com this month to celebrate um you know valentine's day and all the love that goes around february we're doing rom-coms we're talking about pretty woman this week a classic Um, Richard Gere and Julie Roberts pretty much movie put Julia Roberts on the map. Um, uh, this was Andrew's pick, so Andrew, why don't you tell us why you wanted to do Pretty Woman? For starters, um, this might come as a shocker to
2: some of you. I have never seen Pretty Woman. It is a shock bit of a shocker, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah I, it's I, one I... of those. it is, but it isn't. it, it is? <laughs> it, it,
1: you know, sometimes it just depends on who you, it just depends on your parents, really. right
0: at that time for
2: our age yeah yeah and everybody i know when i when i explain to them like i've never seen pretty woman i get this reaction of what is wrong with you (laughs) what is wrong? are you are you okay
1: were you You born
2: you know and like and but the other thing is is that like uh while i was watching this movie while i was watching this movie it it gave me Kind of nostalgia feels. I remember whenever I was about 18, I just graduated high school. I went to L.A. to like just for vacation. We were out there. With, we were, I was out there with my family and some friends.
3: And we picked up prostitutes.
2: <laughs> picked up prostitutes.
3: <laughs> just you gave me all this. a family puzzles. outing. You know, going down to Hollywood Boulevard. On the strip. Oh, Watch the strip. Oh, man continue
2: but but no we went on one of those we went on one of those like those star tours or whatever and the movie that the guy that the driver kept referencing was pretty woman Mm. and i got none of those references so Mm you know i'd be they'd be like this is where she spit her gum out this is the (laughs) hotel where they got at and and that's that was part of the that was part of the tour and i'm like you know for someone who's never seen pretty woman There's a lot of Pretty Woman references here. Can I get something to, like, say, oh, I don't know, Top Gun or, you know, like, something else that's kind of known? The Lord of the Rings. Did they shoot the Lord of the Rings over there?
3: Walking down the street?
0: Yeah. You mean to tell me that you went on a Star Tour, like, nearly 20 years ago, and most of the references were Pretty Woman, and took you 20 years to finally resolve that and watch it? Kind of. Well, he's waiting for us to come around, so he could I would it. have, I would have gone home immediately. And be like, I gotta watch that movie so I understand what these places were. But no, in 20 years, I find that interesting. No, it just like it, it made me just after
2: that. I'm like, why, why should I watch Pretty Woman anymore? Basically, the whole movie was explained to me,
0: and yet not.
3: So what? So, <laughs> so here we are. Was, yeah. So what was your take?
0: Yeah, give us your take. I thought it was cute.
3: Yeah.
2: I okay. thought it was very heartfelt. And I thought the performances were very good, and Julia Roberts in it is amazing. And Jason Alexander was a real asshole.
1: Yeah, this was this you was it, uh, about three years before his uh,
0: Seinfeld break, I yep. believe. Is there a butt coming? Because I felt like you were steering us toward a butt. No, no, okay, I'm good. No, that was it. That, uh, I I genuinely enjoyed it.
2: Um, I did genuinely it. enjoyed it. There were like uh there was a lot of people in it for there's a lot of people in it like stars that weren't big yet yeah and and like stars that are like were big in other areas like say like hank azaria was hank azaria yeah and and hector alonso i loved hector alonso as the the hotel manager he was great there's
1: there's a great uh reference to this whole thing in uh, this episode of American Dad featuring Hector Alizondo where he plays a concierge and he talks about how his whole life he's played concierges in movies just <laughs> so he can support his real passion of being a concierge. Um, it's a it's a pretty funny episode. I watched it just the other night and in, uh, in 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 uh, as homework for this. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Hector Alizondo is really great in a kind of an understated role.
0: So andrew, did yeah. you feel like them? Did it did it live up to that um hype of I can't believe you haven't seen this, what's wrong with you, blah blah blah. Did it live up to that? It did. Okay, it did. I
2: I'll, I'll I'll say it did it justice. I'm I can now say that I
0: have seen Pretty Woman. <laughs> oh. You have. Um I liked it a lot. I hadn't seen it since I was a lot younger, so I didn't have a lot of I didn't remember like, you know, exactly how everything went, but it was really uh, quite charming. I thought (laughs) Um, they they, yeah, the leads, Richard Gere and and Julia Roberts are both very good. Um, It's such a great introduction to Julia Roberts on the big screen. Um, You can see why like she's got all that star appeal, Mm -hmm. all of it. Um, Fun story, um, a, a few things that don't age well, but I won't fault it. For that, mainly with it being about, you know, Richard Gere is this high class billionaire, and Julia Roberts is this street level prostitute, and she's like getting a taste of the of the rich life. But it was really like super obnoxious at times. But she plays it so well, um, and I think that is what what saves it. Anytime you might want to roll your eyes, is. She kind of reacts how you would, I think, or how a normal person would. I think yeah. back to the scene where they're at dinner and she's like just struggling with the escargot. Mm-hmm. That would be me. There's a there's a genuineness. In yeah, her. she's very genuine. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, and I thought that Richard Gere was not as uh, problematic as I was afraid he was going to be. hmm. You know, he, he stays pretty, pretty good, again, with some faults, but not, nothing I would, um, write, you know, write it off for. So, sure. um, fun movie overall. And Gary Marshall, director. Um, yeah. this, that man made a lot of great stuff. I mean, this is a guy who did, uh, he created, like, Happy Days and um, it's offs He did Overboard, Runaway Bride. Um, dude's a master of, of that kind of genre. He doesn't just oh, yeah. rom- uh, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. He was uh, he was
1: involved in, too, mm-hmm. um, as well as, you know, just a bunch of I mean, Gary Marshall is one of those like uh, he I mean, you look at his his filmography, just things he was involved in between like 1970 even and 2000 is like a super list of, of films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Garrett, do you want to go next? you want to go last?
3: Yeah. I don't care. Uh, I also hadn't seen it. My rom-com repertoire is uh, slim, especially early ones. Um, so I hadn't seen this either. Um, super charming. Um, however, I got almost nothing from Richard Gere. He was a blank boring canvas upon which Julia Robert got to paint. I don't really think he supplied much other than being the person. I think you can insert any human being in there and you don't lose anything or gain anything by the fact that it's Richard Gere in this particular movie. Um, I think that Julia Roberts is so charming that she brings out the best in everybody when they're being good or bad. Um, She is without doubt the star of this movie. No other person matters. And Richard Gere was just there genuinely, in my opinion. I I connected with him 0%. He was a nice guy. He was the only person that like saw her as a person, which was nice. But that's where I feel like the message gets lost touching on what Josh said is while he is a nice person and is the only person that treats her well, that is an important part, but it really does also, in my opinion, take away like this uh, gallivanting importance of the rich. And I struggled with that, not a ton, but enough for it to be noticeable. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the message of seeing someone as a person is the bigger message. And I don't think it gets as much attention because there are parts where Julia Roberts and her character brings Richard Gere down to the humanity like when he's taking off his shoes and walking in the grass, but it's not really as understated as the glitz and glamor and the elevation of her into class. A lot Mm -hmm. of times it felt like he was testing her. Can this street level sex worker live up to the high expectations of the glitz and the glam that i have and if she can then i love her and if she can't then too bad um and it was just it was just it was just stated enough to where it bothered me um but not enough to take away from the genuine enjoyment that i had of this movie see for me i've seen
1: this movie probably too many times like i've seen this movie twice in disney world so like i have seen this movie Too many times I uh, classify it as a mom movie. I told my mother that and she laughed very hard because she's like, it's not a mom movie. It's just a movie that when you were a kid, all the moms watched. I was like, exactly. It was a movie for, you know, and that's, that's part of the things that I, 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 I have some things I could say, but I was really interested. So I kind of asked my mom, mom, what is it about pretty woman that you like as you know, it was, you were the target demo of the day. And, she said two things. One, and this is where I think we need to think about uh, our perspective as a couple of guys, as four guys in the in 2020s. Yeah. Is she said Richard Gere was like the perfect guy in terms of like his look. He was like distinguished and he looked like the kind of guy that every uh, or that not every, but a lot of women in the 90s would want to have, you know, he was just like a level attractive. Right. He was
3: so, he's also noticed that in most of his movies, he plays a rich billionaire. Yes, <clears throat> or millionaire.
1: But uh, <laughs> and uh, and so there was that aspect. And then my mom also said that there was the Cinderella component of sort of being uh, sort of a forgotten person and having someone in society reach back out, you know, like basically pull you up into it. Right. And I, I also said, and the movie actively uh, calls out that is, you know, they, she talks about it being a Cinderella story in the movie, her and, um, oh, her friend played by uh, Giacomo. Can't remember her first name. Laura San
2: Giacomo. Giacomo. Yeah.
1: And um, I think it's kind of interesting that they go with the Cinderella comparison, because I think there's also a bit of a Beauty and the Beast thing here of Richard Gere plays this character that from a certain perspective is kind of a bad guy, a monstrous guy. His job is disassembling businesses and, 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 and basically tearing down people's livelihoods, uh, acquisitioning things and then, and then dispersing the assets. It's kind of a hard, mean job. And you can see where that job could take you in the Jason Alexander role of a guy who's kind of like left his conscience behind long ago. And Richard gears having this crisis of conscience and, Julia Roberts' character is able to kind of bring out his better nature so that by the end of the movie, he changes what he wants his life to be, which is kind of more of a Beauty and the Beast story component of bringing out the better part of the man. But much like Cinderella, for the, and my, my mom for is that the fact that he's able to look past her outward problems and look past her. Outward beauty and see her inner beauty is kind of what, you know, as a rom-com goes, especially in the 90s, women really wanted uh, for the male hero to look past their flaws or look past their outward appearance and see their inner beauty. And so in that way, I think it succeeds everywhere that it needed to in terms of the story it wants to tell. It wants to tell this story about two people who, who kind of Improve each other. Now they go through their struggles. They go through their little, you know, there's some difficulties and hardships. And obviously, just the idea of a really rich guy falling in love with a call girl is going to have some problematic components, but they work through that by the end to the point where he can show up on his white steed and take her away. It's kind of a cliche ending, but. I think the journey there gets you some good character moments and gives you reason to feel for, at the very least, Julia Roberts' character. And you might feel a little bit for Richard Gere. I thought that the moment he has with the older man when he says, I'm not going to do this, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you You know, keep your company going, uh, I think is a a cool earned moment of him having this struggle throughout the movie and seeing things from a different perspective. So uh, I really enjoy it. I think that it is kind of one of those quintessential movies when it comes to the rom-com genre. I think a lot of people, if you would ask them the best rom-coms they would throw out Harry met Sally and pretty woman. And I don't know, probably something with Matthew McConaughey, but, um, and then probably some older stuff too.
0: Ghosts of girlfriends past.
1: Of course, ghosts of girlfriends past is, you know, I think (laughs) right up there, Mount Rushmore. Yeah.
3: I would whatever. like I want to piggyback on two things because I agree with 90% of what you said. And I think they could have enhanced I'll the, take the level of feeling I had for Richard Year had he at any point in time shown any kind of like hostility. I think that he was so level the whole way through that while I did see the struggle, it didn't really feel like a struggle for him. Because he was always shown as a, a pretty good guy. I mean, he he never was shown as a typical
1: as never he was just
3: cold. He just never, had no emotion. Yeah. He's never um, quite, and he sleeping. never attacked, or as Jason Alexander did. And I think that would have highlighted the struggle a little more. But for me, he was just so flat all the way that even his struggle was pretty chill. I think. Um, I think then, our, I,
1: yeah. I think part of the problem with that at, is that probably that moment happens before this movie because the movie more or less opens with him being his the girl that he does want to be with breaking up with him more or less, yeah. telling him no. So, and 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 because of what, how he was, how he was and how he was acting. So probably, you know, that was his wake up call to like think, you know, and so we kind of miss what pushed him to start this way. And so he's kind of in this like weird headspace of still trying to do his job, but then also doing this kind of <coughs> spur of the moment thing that he starts up with Julia Roberts' character with uh, Vivian.
3: The only other, the other thing that I have is that for the time period, especially, this is a very positive outlook um, on sex workers, for the time especially. You know, I, I said that the overall message, I think, is good and, and lands, but there are parts where if you hold a mirror up to it, it's like, for me, glorifying the uh, elite class, whereas it easily could have done a great job of just punching down at the, work, at the, the, the poor class, the, the working class, and it did not do that. I mean, there were moments... Where you had that level of um, disdain from the elites, but you you still they do such a good job of making her be seen as a person that that punching down effect that it could have had, especially for the time, I don't feel like is as pronounced as it could have been. So I was really pr- I was really excited to see that.
0: It's interesting it's you say that. Is I won't go into. Um, the lot all the details because I didn't uh, also read this far. But just skimming some background to this movie, it was originally conceived as more of a dark drama about um, prostitution and the difference in class levels and stuff in Los Angeles. Uh, but but somewhere along the way, I guess they went, you know what? What if this were cute instead? Interesting.. Uh, in
1: yeah, what if this was nice? What if this was a you know, what if this was romantic? yeah
0: (laughs) but if it wasn't dark (laughs)
1: yeah
0: well like i mean i i I just
2: i really do find that interesting that like yeah it does talk it it does show what both classes are really like well not really like but just like it gives you it gives you like
0: this romanticized version of them
2: yeah it's a very yeah of course but like it's just it it really shows like like uh the sense of pathos between both characters and by the end you do see that change and that's why i love you see changes in both characters because you see it physically so and i think that's i I think it's a great thing i think it's a it's uh yeah i just think i just think it's like a great transition between both of them
1: Mm -hmm.
0: any uh any favorite parts any extra hard laughs
1: well, you know, the infamous moment is always when she goes back to the store after they shove her, after they kind of belittle her, she comes back. She's like, Hey, you work on commission, right? Big mistake. Huge Big mistake. mistake. Yeah. You know, If there's a scene in the office, that's all about uh, Dwight doing that to someone. Um, and and uh, so that's kind of like, that's like the bit I asked my wife is like that, like a, a cathartic thing for, for you think women in general, this is just like, uh upstage some snobby uh retail workers and she's like a little bit yeah Mm a little bit she goes i she goes i don't know if i would do it but it is kind of like you know to see to have someone treat you poorly and then get to like you know
3: big dog them you know a
1: little bit afterwards you know everybody can relate to that a little bit
3: andrew do you know the gary marshall necklace story with the box
1: i
2: like that was when he clapped it that was like a uh that was like an improvisation.
3: Yeah. Gary Marshall told him to do that. Didn't tell Julia Roberts cause they wanted that, uh, genuine laugh reaction. And so that moment there that you have is the moment that he just surprised her and chomped her hand and she had no idea that it was coming. And, and again, you're, you're really trying to deliver that genuine message. And, and so again, Gary Marshall, just a genius, uh, whenever he does stuff like that, I mean, that's, that's genius. I agree. I agree.
0: That yeah. much I do know about, about you, about useless trivia. I really liked the, uh, the part where Richard takes her to the opera and she like falls in love with it. Um, he even says something along the lines of people either love opera or hate opera. He'd said it more eloquently than I did, but that's the gist. And she really loved it. And I liked that because there was a, there were a lot of, there were a lot of things in the, um, you know, upper class lifestyle that she kind of clashed with, either through not liking it or just not understanding it. But she fit into the opera like a glove. And I just liked that because Julia Roberts is so good at those genuine happy reactions. You could tell she was just in awe of what she was watching. And that just helped sell the character so much better.
3: She was so happy she almost beat her pants.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then just as she's yeah, just as she's like charmed you and made you so like happy for her, she drops a hilarious line like that and just seals the deal.
2: Well, it it, it just goes back to the it just goes back to like that's that's like that's I don't want to say street smart, but that's like that's like homegrown. It's clearly the difference between two two classes here, because you know if an, if a different class of pe- like a higher class of people, they wouldn't have said that. They would have said something. Right you know they wouldn't well, say oh my see, god I peed my pants it you was see so good. some of
0: her uh, her like upbringing or whatever come through in the moments where she seems to think she has to like steal the dental floss and steal the like piece of bread and the, Richard Gears he never says it which is odd to me but the reaction is like you can just take that you don't <laughs> you don't have to steal the dental floss you can use yeah. it
1: yeah yeah it's um it's one of those yeah you know you see this from time to time too like you know people get so used to their their life hacks of like how they get by you know like that's that's not you know she's not doing it because she's like oh i'm stealing it's like that's how she gets by you know like she's not it's not like she's right making billions of dollars walking the streets like anything any little thing like somebody leaves behind you know, napkins at a table, it's like, I got to take those napkins, you know, uh, for, for me, you know, things like that, just like little things to do to get by. It's, it's tough um, for those people. And I think that's also, that's an, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, this idea of like the rich being yeah. sort of horrified, and there's a, a kind of a different to look at it now, 30 something years later. But back then there was this kind of idea of a more noble rich person who would who would be willing to I don't know that, you know, that it would, would help in that situation, you know, or would be kind in that situation, as opposed to just being Jason Alexander in this movie. There
0: was also on that note, uh, um, a running theme where I don't know if it was um, Julia Roberts's character's naivety, or if it was like, you know, how inflation has changed over time but uh he got a heck of a deal i feel like with um having her be at his as he said it beck and call for a whole week for three thousand dollars and she was just like in just shock of having three thousand dollars oh yeah and that's just even 30 years ago i can't imagine that's that much in los angeles
3: you couldn't get me to spend a full week with somebody now for three thousand dollars let alone have sex with them and be at their beck and call for, for <laughs> i wouldn't you gotta up that buddy Like, just seems what,
1: that barely gets you through a month in
0: oklahoma yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah anyway it's true though it's true let's uh any any other thoughts i feel like we've uh
1: we've hit a lot of good topics
0: what i think was, so too how, i think
1: i think it's it in the oh, go ahead david this is a pretty good pick andrew i gotta say it was a yeah. pretty
3: good pick you gotta throw a classic in there i mean this is yeah. a classic with uh with i feel like good reason
1: yeah for yeah. your
0: uh first show of the season you picked a, a strong a strong one
3: thank you now retire
0: and don't come back
2: <laughs> all right cool just kidding
0: <laughs> but when you come back you better pick a good one but yeah yeah okay um well, David, tell us about some box office stats for this all movie. All right, all right. It was a pretty right. big hit, I, I do believe.
1: Now, it, it, interestingly, yes. It, it won't sound like a big hit, but I'll give you a little bit of, of extra detail. So it opened number one. This opened March 23rd of 1990. So this opened just a few weeks after little David was born. <laughs> uh, so my mom did probably not see this in the theater. She probably waited for VHS. Right. But uh, it opened to $11.2 million. Uh, in the number one spot, number two was Hunt for Red October, with nine million. Number three was Joe versus the Volcano with five point two. Number wait, four wait, was d- Driving Miss Daisy with three point six, and number five was House Party with three point two. So you think at eleven point two, that's not too much, and even by uh, the standards of of March of nineteen ninety, maybe not too much. But the movie. What week was House Party in? Oh, uh, House Party was in its uh, third week. Driving Miss Daisy was in its fifteenth week and still at number three, so that's pretty good. Um, uh, Pretty Woman um, would stay consistently in that spot, so it made eleven million its first week, twelve million its second week, eleven million its third, ten million its second. So like it basically never went down; it just kept people kept going, and it was in the top ten for fifteen weeks. So that's a pretty good run all the way into uh, all the way into June. Um, this movie was, you know, in the top 10 theaters and uh, it would finish the year in the number four spot for 1990, um, only behind Dances with Wolves at number three, Ghost at number two and Home Alone at number one, number five movie of 1990. We've reviewed it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right. Get your pizza. And it's uh, time. It's shell We've also reviewed Home Alone. So you can re- you can check out either of our reviews for two of the other top five movies of the night of 1990 have to get on those ghost advances with Bulls reviews at some point. Um, and then uh what was it oh it was also it was the number 4 movie worldwide that year too which really shows a difference in how things have changed for romantic comedies in terms of worldwide viewership because it finished in America in the United States and Canada it finished with 178 million dollars overseas 285 million dollars so it made more overseas as a romantic comedy than it did it in the United States. So I gives it a worldwide total of 460 million bucks. So today uh, for romantic comedy to do better overseas than it does in America is not very common. Yeah. Um, so it was a very good, uh, I would say, I would say pretty good hit for 1990. Um, despite what sounds like a not that high opening weekend. So, uh, yeah. And also, in fact, this was rated R. You know, I wondered that out loud because there is some, uh,
0: some moments, it seems like it would upset a censor.
3: A little yeah. bit of nudity in there. A I little think.
0: bit of nudity,
1: a little bit of just theme. There's there's some cussing, I guess. A little bit of that. Yeah. yeah. Just right. enough to push it to an R rated R in 1990. Uh, I, I could probably, this would probably be PG-13 today.
0: Uh, probably so. Yeah. Um, Julie Roberts, also Oscar nominated and Golden Globe winning for this role. Yeah. Um, so big, uh, big, big to do. So, um, you know, successful
1: financially and and critically for the most critically. part. Let's uh, let's play Letterbox game, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. And as you can see, Letterbox hat on, ready. Letterbox hat engaged.
0: So, um, Andrew, last, or you you missed the last time we played. We did something a little different, where I read some of the popular reviews first, just for fun. Um, so I'm going to do that again. Okay. We'll see how this goes. Okay. Okay. Um top review. This is the most liked review. This is three stars and it says y'all on letterboxd writing essays about the ethics ethics of this movie. It's a rom-com that came out 28 years ago. Honestly,
1: who even cares? (laughs) That's even older now. 30 something years now.
0: Uh, Four stars. Where's my sugar daddy? (laughs) (laughs) And then this three and a half star review. The Way Feminism Leaves My Body for Over Two Hours whenever I watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just for fun, here's a few negative reviews. Uh, I've Never Been More Bored in My Life. Boring movie about a gold digger with zero personality. Feels oh, like that's Garrett's bit, but not uh, as strong. Shots name. fired on that one. I don't think that's... Oh, um, <laughs> literally Dump Him, Babe. You deserve better. Oh, well, I don't know about that. Um, and then disagree.
3: You know. He treats her really well. <laughs> you
1: though, do a I lot know. worse than Richard Gere. Yeah. Millionaire Richard Gere. That's you could do a lot worse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he don't, he, he never, this, this is the last one. Don't <laughs> know why I watched. I already knew straight love is demented and boring. Stop watching with 30 minutes left. I don't care.
1: <laughs> oh, again, mean spirited, mean, spirited. <laughs> mean spirited,
0: but it got me laughing. Okay. <laughs> So Good now way. let's do some quick guesses.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess it's a 3.1.
0: Okay.
2: I'm going to
1: go 3.7. Ooh, oh, I was high,
2: high
0: roller. I was going to hit a three and a half. Okay. Okay. We're all over the map in the three category. Let's see here. Who's going to be closest? Uh, oh, we have a direct hit. Somebody sunk. Uh-oh. The battleship, um, with 137,000 ratings, this movie comes in at a perfect 3.5. Oh. Boom! There you go, 3, Garrett 3.5. So uh, that is that is uh Garrett's on the board now. I'm on the board from uh our, our premiere. We're going one day. We'll like figure out a real system for this game. Somehow, like put stakes on
1: it or something. Well, yeah, we'll figure out like we'll get like a trophy involved. We should get a trophy. That would be we should definitely get a trophy. That can happen. Or we get four trophies. And then finally, my parents will have a reason to be proud. (laughs) (laughs) All (laughs) right. What do
0: we rate it, guys? I give it I'm going to go higher. And I think it's a four for me. It's definitely a four. I think it's really good for what it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, like I said, I've seen it so many times at this point, both willingly and unwillingly that like I have a hard time sort of like gauging what I would have thought if I was watching it for the first time again. So I, I'm also going to give it, I think, a four because I think it's solid. Like I don't, uh, like a lot of people said, I don't walk away sort of like upset that I see. It. if it's on, why not? Let it play. That's how I watched it twice in Disney World. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to
3: just go a slight bit under and I'm going to give it that three and a half. That works. Andrew?
0: I, uh, I gave it okay. a four. Oh, you also gave it a four. I missed that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that brings it our average to a 3.8. Yeah, um, Very fun. Okay. Well, um, that's it for our Pretty Woman episode. I forgot to mention at the top of the show to check us out everywhere we're at online. You know, we make this podcast, but that's not all we make. We're making all kinds of stuff. Uh, follow us on Instagram, so many sequels pod. Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and of course, all those links are at so many sequels.com, where you can also find links to various ways where you can subscribe to this show, whether it be on YouTube or in your favorite podcasting app. And then finally, check out our Patreon page. So many sequels on Patreon. We've got some cool tiers up for you guys. We're trying to revamp it a little bit and just have some more fun with it. So if you like the show, if you uh, have ever, at any point in time, liked any one of us, uh, maybe subscribe to the Patreon. That could be fun. That could be don't. fun. No, that don't isn't an option. You have to do yeah. It's cheaper than almost anything you buy, guaranteed. That all right. True. We'll see you all next week. Uh, bye-bye now.